You are listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. How many people believe and understand that the Holy Ghost uses the gifts in the body for the edification of the body? Amen? Everybody understand that? Okay. So if we understand that God gives gifts to the body for the edification of the body, we need to hear what God speaks through the body. Amen? Um, when we were singing that last time, I surrender all. To me, I could hear like God's choir singing with us. And it was like a vision of angels behind each of us, our assigned angels. And we're singing with us and, and are there to bless us. And Anyway. Amen. I tell you what. Come on. Here it comes. This is when we start this is when we start having churches when the body begins to minister. Okay. I do hair and I work at a certain salon and the salon had been real slow all week. So Friday I prayed that the salon would be busy. So Saturday when I got there the salon was busy, but everybody I started my day well was people that I knew from different churches. So all morning long, we just talked about God. <laughs> so what I got out of it is God was listening to me, and I just want to thank him. Come on. Come on. Amen. Anybody been speaking the word from, from last week? Come on now. And I tell you, you could find, feel the spirit in that car. <laughs> and uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I, I thought, oh, how sweet that song is. How sweet. And the way we all sing it today. Yes. It just puts something uh, just so rolling inside me. You know, we just, sometimes we have to go back. Yes. That's it. I appreciate that song this morning. Yes. Absolutely. I tell you, it's those cave experiences, you know, and we each, and, and don't shy away from those cave experiences, church. Uh, literally, when you're in a cave, the, I mean, you can draw the analogy out, but you're just getting away from everything that you're comfortable with and everything in common. And um, I just want to encourage you, just spend some time alone. It's okay. You may start laughing. You may start crying. It doesn't matter as long as you start. Amen? All right. We got some announcements before we get into the Word this morning. Israel, come on up here. You need this? I just need this. Is it on? Yeah, it's on. You can hear okay. me, right? All right. Uh, next Sunday, I almost went blank there, but next Sunday... The youth are going to be doing a silent auction bake sale back in the back of the church. It's raising money for both uh, our trip to Mexico for a mission trip and uh, for YFN summer camp. So just come ready. to. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm sure you're going to be going to parties or having a party. Get a cake, get some cookies, bring something to the party, and uh, support the youth group on our mission trip and summer camp. That's it. So what you're doing, you're blessing people that watch their the football game. You're trying to do bless them. Right. Right. So if you want to be blessed, be partake of the, 
the bake sale and bless those that come to your house. It's a win-win that, situation. Uh, to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, on Monday nights, we have a women's Bible study here at the church. They meet back here in the foyer or up there in the foyer. Uh, that's Monday night at 6.30. Ladies, what time do you meet? 6.30. 6.30. Okay. And uh, uh, they use the monitors out there. They break out the coffee and that kind of thing. So that's Monday night here at the church. Tuesday night at Laura's house, we have another Bible study. And you're open to come to that if you, uh, we, we'd hand out, we handed out uh, maps one time if you need to know where she lives. If Tuesday night's a better night for you than Monday, come, uh, come on Tuesday night. Wednesday night, we have Bible study here at the church. Uh, I don't, you know, if you haven't been to the Bible studies here at the church uh, on Wednesday night, they're, they're different. Uh, and that's probably the most non-religious thing that we could do. And I think that's probably why they're growing like they have. We have people coming uh, from other church. Uh, I'm hoping one day we have churches represented. It's not, it's not about people coming to our church. It's not about us building our church. It's about us building the kingdom. As long as our ministry is affecting people, it really doesn't matter. That's the, that's the end goal is to affect people for the, for the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Amen? And... Uh, if we need to have services on Saturday to affect people, we'll have services on Saturday. Just whatever it takes. We want to be effective in this area for the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Amen. And everybody understands there is a kingdom. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that's called vision. It's called vision. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about vision today. You've got to remember the first person Oh, no, not the first person, but a person that had vision was given a clear mental... The word vision literally means a clear mental picture. See, Noah... Everybody know Noah? Noah had a clear mental picture. And for 120 years, he kept that clear mental picture in his... God told him the purpose of the ark what was going to take place, what he was preparing for. And with that clear mental picture, he was able to cast off the restraints of the world, walk righteous, walk holy, prepare what he had to prepare for to get the mission accomplished that he had to accomplish. See, he could do that because he had a clear mental picture. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs. This is a little hot. Can you? Verse, uh, excuse me, chapter 29. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no revelation, I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, where there is no revelation, the Old King James says, where there's no vision. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraints. But happy is he who keeps the law. Now, under the old covenant, there was a law that kept them in line. There was a law that, that told them what to do, how to do, and when to do. And as long as they followed the law, they were happy. 
That's what the book of Proverbs, that's what I like about the book of Proverbs, because it's, the book of Proverbs, even though it was written while under the old covenant, its wisdom applies under the new covenant. So the same thing applies here in the new covenant. It says, you know, if a man has a vision, or if he doesn't have a vision, he's going to cast off restraints. In other words, he's not going to have anything to guide him and direct him and to help him. Because, see, a happy man is someone who knows what he's supposed to be doing and knows the parameters in which it is to be done and how to get to it. Now, there's nothing more frustrating than, than to know the vision or know the outcome of something and not know how to get there. Does everybody understand that? I mean, if you don't know how to get somewhere and you know you're supposed to be there, you're going to get frustrated. It's called being lost. Lost people never get to where they're supposed to go. That's why they're lost. But that's why we're supposed to have a vision. We're supposed to have a, a, a picture of what God's called us to do. We're supposed to know. See, and it's not that God is forcing us. See, there is the law of the new covenant. Uh, there is the law of the old covenant. But it says here, happy is the man who lives within restraints. Let's just call it that. And see, we need to know that there's a, a goal, there's a purpose, there's an eternal purpose. In the book of Colossians, it says that, that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us. We see the Apostle Paul. Uh, if you want to read that, it's in the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul was a man on a mission. Everybody understands? He was a man, when he was Saul, he was a man on a mission. He was persecuting the church. He was, he was killing people, taking people in, in custody and captivity, taking them back to Jerusalem. He was persecuting the church more than anybody else. And all of a sudden, on his, on one, when he was going from town to town, he, he, all of a sudden he had a vision. Jesus revealed himself to Paul. Excuse me, to Saul. He had a vision. And he, Paul even said, Saul says, says well, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm, the Jesus, the, I'm Jesus Christ, the one you're persecuting. You know, it says in the book of Galatians, turn with me to the book of Galatians real quick. The book of Galatians, chapter 1. This is in direct reference of what we just got through talking about. Galatians chapter 1. We're not going to, it starts at verse 11, but we're going we're to pick it up in verse 14 where it says, And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. So when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace to reveal. What did it say in Proverbs? A person without revelation, people, a group of people without revelation. So see, he was revealed something here. What was he revealed? All of a sudden, Jesus revealed something to him. To reveal his son in me. See, Paul had lived, Saul had lived all his life with the external surroundings of what the law had said to do. And then one day, God changed 
gave him a revelation of something different. God took him out of the law of sin and death. God took him out of the law of the Ten Commandments and brought him into the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus because we're still governed by law. But he gave him a vision, a revelation of Christ being in him. That's why it says in Colossians that it's Christ in me is the hope of glory. It's no longer I that liveth, but the Christ that lives in me. And it was revealed to him and with one revelation, one change of the vision, changed his whole life, changed his whole focus. Changed his, matter of fact, he changed his name to Paul. It was such a drastic revelation. See, there's something about having a revelation. He changed everything he knew. He counted everything that he knew as being no good for him and began to be taught in, in the realm of the new revelation. He set aside, he put off these old things to put on new things. He surrendered what he used to be. The way he used to, I mean, the things he did the people he hung around. He surrendered that to walk in this revelation because it was a revelation given to him for him to walk in. Just like when, when uh, Noah built the ark. He was able to, to keep himself separate so he could do what he was called to do. For 120 years, that clear mental picture. Remember, a people without a vision perish they cast off restraints if you don't have a clear mental picture and see that that's the important things about you know the, the word vision or revelation that's really what it's talking about is having a clear mental picture of God's plan for you now sometimes we don't know what that plan is in detail but that's okay as long as we know that see in, in the book of Romans it says that that God predestined those he foreknew those he also predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. And so that is the eternal purpose of God, is that we be conformed, changed. It's a process. We're just not supposed to pop just all of a sudden one day, wake up, look like Jesus. He, he preordained the, per, the, the process of being conformed into that image. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews, this is where we're going to start this morning. Some of you thought we already had started. Nope. That's just me getting stuff out. All right, book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Let's see what it says here. Therefore, we, verse 1, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Where are you going to grow weary and discouraged? See, if you lose picture, and we're going to go back and talk about all this in a second, 
But if you lose your focus and you lose your vision, you're going to grow weary and discouraged in your souls. Verse 4, You have not yet resisted the bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation. Let me say it this way. You have forgotten the vision. You have forgotten the clear mental picture which speaks to you as sons. Wow. We start off with this verse, this, this passage that we just read talking about let us lay aside the weight and the sin. See, not all weight is sin. There are two different things here. Everybody understands for us to run the race set before us, there's something called sin that's going to keep us from reaching the goal. Does everybody understand that? So it's saying for us to run that race, if that's our vision, looking like Jesus, being like Jesus, being part of the bride of Christ, is our vision, just like Paul had it. He thought Christ was in him, so he had to stop doing the things he was doing. He couldn't keep on killing people. There's some things you're just going to have to stop doing. If you want to have... If you, want to, if you want to become or, or accomplish that goal, you know, if you, want to, if you want to retire with money, you're going to have to put some aside and invest it. Right? Because you, you can retire, but you just won't have no money. <laughs> right? Anybody can retire. The question is, do you want to retire with money? So there's things that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to, you know, if that's your vision and your goal to retire with money, they're going to have, you're going to have to bring some restraints on to your life. One of those restraints might be quit getting in debt. You see what I'm saying? I mean, that's your goal. Well, to get there, you've got to get some stuff off of you. See, the weight on the sin. Actually, this, this, this thing about weight, uh, uh, this really isn't... Uh, back in the, this time in, in Greece, uh, athlete, that athletics was really coming on strong. And when they would train a runner, we got, we got track people, oh, X-track people, <laughs> long time ago. No. <laughs> we got... You know, uh, they would train their runners by putting weights. You know, we used to, I used to run with ankle weights. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you put the weights on your, and you, you'd, they, would, they would have a certain distance. They'd run from here to there, and they'd time the person without any weights. And they'd, go, they'd let him run that, and they'd come back, put weights on his legs, weights on his back, and he'd run that again until he ran it just as fast as he didn't have any weights. That was his goal. And then when he ran it just as fast as he didn't have any weights on, the first they put more weight on him, he'd run again the same distance until he could run it again. And that's what it talks about. And right on the day of the, weight, the, the race, they would take the weight off. That's what it's talking about is, is take the weight off. See, there's some things that, you're doing, that we may be doing in our life, church, that's holding us back. It may be good things. It may be part of your training. Listen, it's not time to train no more. All right? 
See, there's some things that are waiting, holding us back from running our full potential. There's some things we're doing, they may not be sin. But they're holding us back. We may need to let go of those things. Now, they're also sin. Sin we know. Do I need to get into that? Or Of course, we're talking about other churches, not people in this church. We don't have no sin in this church. You know what I'm saying? So it's easy to talk about other people when it comes to sin. We'll talk about weights for us and sin for them. How's that? Because we know, see, see, but we know sin is keeping us from doing what we're called to do. You'll never get there. You'll never get to that place of financial security if you keep getting in debt. See, debt is sin in the area of financial security. You can't keep getting there. You never get there if you keep getting in debt. Same thing. You can't run the race that is set before you with weight and sin that's affecting your running, that's keeping you from running. See, if weight and a sin will even keep you from seeing the end result. Let's see what else it says here. This is too cool. This, this whole passage of Scripture is awesome. It says, Let us run. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily... See that word easily? <laughs> it's just easy. It, it just reaches out there and gets you. It easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance. Now we're, going, we're not going to stop and talk about endurance because... When you stop and talk about endurance, you've got to start reading all the scriptures to talk about confidence. It says, hold fast your confidence. Because your confidence has what? Great reward. So you can run with endurance. And when you've had that endurance, you'll receive the prize. See, it just doesn't happen automatically. But confidence produces endurance. And endurance is what you need to run the race. Anybody run the race that didn't have endurance? Anybody been on a diet? Anybody, does anybody have a goal of ever losing weight? Same thing scenario. You may have a goal of losing weight, but guess what? If you don't restrain, if you don't put on things, if you don't put on the restraints, people with a vision, they cast them off. There's nothing to guide them, nothing, nothing to compel them or anything like that. They have to... They, but see, if you got a vision, then you know not to eat that candy bar. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I tell you, you, you don't go to buffets. Now, I'm not saying anything wrong with eating candy bars. I'm not saying anything wrong going to buffets. In my own personal life, God spoke to my heart. He said, Curtis, for you to run the race, you need to lose weight. How many people, I would rather hear something else. <laughs> That's when I weighed 300 pounds. And I knew, see, to run the race that God had set before me, I knew that I could not, that, that I had to bring on restraints, get some things out of my life, and put myself willingly under certain restraints, restraints to keep me going that direction. But I, it was a vision. I mean, it was, it was I had a clear mental picture of God's purpose for my life. And you need to have that. And we, it, use it for whatever area. If you want to grow in the knowledge of the Lord, if that's a vision that you have, 
The Bible says that everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been given to us through the knowledge of. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? Through the knowledge of. And if we don't have knowledge, how are we going to experience all that? So we may need to grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. How are we going to do that if we don't study? The studying may be one of those restraints that you put yourself under in your Christian life. Instead of, you may need to cast off some things and bring on others. You may, may need to lay aside the weight of TV. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Would you rather me talk about something else? You, you may need to go on a media fast. All you do is hear about negative and you wonder why you walk, walk around being negative all the time. You may just need to shut off the news. Well, I won't know what's happening. Well, good. Find out what's happening in the Word. You're just going to be like what you look at. If you have a clear mental picture of all the negative in the world, what are you going to be part of? It's pretty simple. That's in rocket science. But if you want to learn and grow in the knowledge of God, Jesus Christ our Lord, what are you going to do? Man, I may need to come to Wednesday night. I may have to break open my Bible and just, wow, read it. You know, last week had a tremendous... Did y'all enjoy that last week? Come on now, speaking the Word. Being a blessing. Being in line with God's blessing, not the world's cursing. I tell you what. Change your life, won't it, Ed? <laughs> Let's go on. Let's see what it says here. Lay aside the weight and the sin so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. See, there is something that is set before you. You need to have a clear mental picture of what is set before you. That's why the scripture says, make your calling and election sure. That's a good word. Make your calling and election sure. Why? So you can have a clear mental picture. Well, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know if, what, what it means to be an elect. That's why you don't have a clear mental picture, because you haven't made it sure. No vision. No per Listen, we need to know why God put us on this earth. You realize... I, I, does anybody remember, I think it was the second message I shared here? The tree over here? Y'all still see that? I mean, it's not there now, but how many people see that tree that's right over here? You know what I'm saying? See, that tree works, doesn't it? Before in the beginning. That before the world was created, God had you in His heart and knew that you were going to be birthed way over here. That all of this was done just for you to finish and run your race. You could have been birthed way back here. But see, God chose you for such a time as this. Such a time as this for you to run the race that's set before you. You could have been on that side of the flood. And if you don't have relatives called Sham Ham, and you wouldn't have made it. <laughs> God chose you to be here, right here now, just not so you could live, go to work, pay bills, and die. There's a reason, there's a purpose that God's placed you on this planet. And it's only the enemy called average and the things called normal that keep us from 
seeing that vision. We're not making our calling and election sure. There's a destiny, there's a purpose, there's a reason you were birthed in this place. Amen? See, this race is set before you. And as we run that race, we're supposed to, how are we supposed to run that race? Looking unto Jesus. Okay, this, that, in other words, what that's saying is, see how Jesus did it. That's what it says in the book of Matthew. Are you weary, tired, burnt out on religion? Come to me, you are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll show you how to do it. Walk with me, and I'll show you. Listen, and I'll teach you. That's what Jesus was saying. He says, watch how I do it. So we need to see how Jesus did it. And it tells us how he did it. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And this, this tells us, who for the joy set before him. Do you see that? So Jesus endured the cross, endured all the shame and hostility of the world, did what he was able to go through the Garden of Gethsemane, go through all the persecution, be beaten and whipped and crucified. You know how he did that? Looking for the joy set before him. See, he was able to put himself under restraints willingly so he could be crucified for us. Give his life for us because of the joy. See, he just didn't see the suffering. He saw the joy. Some people in their life, all they do is see the suffering. All they hear in church is how we're supposed to suffer. No! That wasn't what compelled Jesus was the suffering. He was able to suffer because of joy set before him. He saw the end, res the end result wasn't suffering. <laughs> the end result was joy. Having a bride for all eternity. Somebody he can love on for all eternity. We're the bride of Christ. That motivated him and compelled him to keep running. How are we supposed to run? Just like Jesus did. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let's go on. Verse 2 again, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Now that's what we talk about on Wednesday night. We talk about how the effects of this world will affect your soul. Uh, I think that's why Wednesday night is growing so popular is because it is such hands-on practical applications of God's Word. And you understand with the three circles, it's real simple to see the Word come alive. But we need to understand that we grow weary and discouraged in our souls. Matter of fact, in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, the parable of the soils, when the seed is cast amongst the ground... There's four types of ground. One of those types of ground is a ground that is stony and uh, full of thorns and thistles. And when the word springs up, it gets choked out because of the cares and concerns of the... How many times does the word of God get choked out? How many people lose their joy? You hear the word, 
You may come to church and get all excited. Wow, I heard that. First piece of mail that comes in the mail on Monday, it's a bill and you don't have the money for it because <laughs> of debt. <laughs> it stole your joy, didn't it? See, the cares and concerns of the world will choke out the Word of God. The key, the key to keeping the race being run is just like Jesus did. He said, who for the... You need to go after joy. I mean, I married her, but... You know, I want to join my life. I saw the vision. I had to cast off restraints. I had to get myself in line, look good. See how to apply it? It works with anything. All right, say, go on, Pastor. That's it. Yeah. And it says a willing sacrifice. See, this is not something that is done with the hammer. We're not under the law. This is something that you need to bring yourself. When we sang that song, I think that was so appropriate. I surrender. It says, you're not surrendering to get beat up on. See, that's what we think surrendering is a negative. Man, when you're surrendering to the will of God, you're, you're getting promoted into something greater than you could ever be. And it says that when you're a willing... It says, present your... What's the scripture say? Present your bodies. That's part of that restraint. You bring your body under a restraint. I'm not going to let my body dictate what I do anymore. I'm in control of my flesh. I'm not going to sin no more. And if you mess up, you pick up and you keep on going with that vision. The problem is most of us under the law, we think that we're a failure because we can't walk straight. Well, I've tried so many times. Try again. The Bible says a righteous man. See, what you do doesn't make you what you are. You're righteous because of what's been done for you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm righteous. I'm a king's kid. You, you, you doing everything right don't make you right. You're right because of what Jesus did. And that compels you to live right. And if you can't, if you mess up, you get back up and you keep on going. You mess up again, you get back up, you keep on going. You mess up again, you get back up, you keep on going. Don't I keep on doing that? You got the, you got the picture? You get back up and you keep on going. You just keep on running the race. Pretty soon it's like every other day you was messing up. Now it's once every week. Now, now it's once every month. Once every year. You start getting victorious because you didn't quit. You keep on going. Because your identity is not based on your performance. But your race is. You've got to present, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. I mean, there's things we can do. Listen, you should take every... Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here, but you should take every opportunity. There should not be an... Op Listen. You should take every opportunity to get around brothers and sisters in the Lord. 
Mary, the mother of Jesus, got a clear mental picture. The angel spoke to her. And he said, this is the way it's going to be. And she said, be it unto me. She accepted it. And to keep that clear mental picture focused, she went and hung around somebody who already had a miracle called Elizabeth. She had to get away from people who didn't believe in miracles. How many, how many, last week we heard, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we heard about deadheads. Then we got a word about a refrigerator need to be cleaned out. That word's still preaching, girl. Come on now. I'm, I'm milking that one. If you weren't here, we're not going to tell you what it was either. <laughs> you know, you got to get things out of the way. If you don't take off the weight that so easily besets you, it's going to be in the way for when God wants to bring it on you. See, there's the, the reason we don't necessarily see our vision and our calling, we can't make it sure, is because we got all this other vision. You know, I literally, I, I, I'm just telling you what I, what I did. I'm not suggesting you do this, but this is me. Uh, I was, I've been saved since I was eight years old. Thank you to the Baptist Church. Good Baptist doctrine, upbringing. Uh, Holy Ghost came into my life, began to change some some things inside of me, seeing a, a whole other part of the Word I'd never seen before. Spent four years in the Marine Corps. Uh, met my wife, went to Bible school, started preaching. Been in the ministry for probably 20 years. And I was uh, not active as a pastor, but we were preaching and teaching in a church. Uh, uh, teaching on a regular basis. Every once in a while we get to preach and been doing that for a, for a, for a while. But I was just working in, the, working in the world just like everybody else does. You know, ain't no big. I mean, that's good. I could, it kind of showed me that I wasn't dependent upon the, the position of pastor to have my self-worth and dignity, all that kind of stuff. But I knew there was something else. So I needed to make my calling and election sure. And so God sent me to a cave. I spent 30 days in Canada. March 13th, I got in a canoe. Didn't take any food or water. And got, went up to... Sandpoint Lake, Minnesota, waited for the ice to get off the lake and some of the snow to melt and went north and stayed in my cave for 30 days and came back with a clear mental picture. I knew God wanted me back pastoring. I wasn't supposed to be a remodeler making lots of money. He wanted me to pastor. I knew then I was supposed to pastor. And so with that clear mental picture, we begin to take some stuff off and bring some stuff on because of a clear mental picture. And what are we doing today? We're pastoring because of a clear mental picture. I knew what my calling was, and I need to be about my calling. It's not about making money. It's about pastoring. because of a clear mental picture. I don't suggest you go to Canada in a canoe and just live off the land for 30 days. But it did help me reduce in size. <laughs> By, not saying I didn't find any nuts and berries, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do if you're serious enough. Are you willing to break open that alabaster jar and pour that onto the feet of Jesus?
I broke up with a girl. I was engaged before joy. And that girl didn't want anything to do with ministry. She told me that. And I knew what I was called to do. But she sure was pretty. Being a young man, I wrestled with that for about five minutes. And I said, well, if you're not called, and I am, we best not get married. Of course, I waited about the month before the wedding, but anyway, <laughs> she didn't like that. <laughs> I took longer than five minutes. I hope you didn't think I was serious. <laughs> wrestled with that, baby. And God blessed me with so much more. See what I'm saying? Had to make my calling and election sure. God had someone else for me. I could have married her. Guess what? I'd never gone to Canada and made my calling and election sure and been here today. A lot of people marry people without, you know, within the confines of God's will. That's all right. God's a redeemer. He can turn it around. He can call, make all things together for good. That love him and call it according to his purpose. It's not over. Just keep on going. Just look at the races set before you. Looking under Jesus, the author, finisher of that faith. I tell you, a clear mental picture will save you from so many mistakes. Next time you get that urge on TV to call that number, next 15 minutes, you get two for the price of one. <clears throat> and they want your credit card. Just resist the urge. I'm, I really imagine you can live without it. You understand what I'm saying? It's those times when we're not focused on what we're supposed to be focusing on. We get in trouble. Let me show you how this works. Show you how clear this. This really is a bib, this 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 principle is so biblical. Everybody know the uh, about the man named David. He wrote the book of Psalms. You realize he started out as a little boy. Grew up to be a king. And when he was a king, the scripture says, when it was time for kings to go to war, he didn't. That's what the Bible says. And that's when he went up on the rooftop, looked out his window and went, oh. Saw that neighbor's wife down there taking a shower, bathing on her rooftop. He wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't being disciplined. See, if he saw himself as a king, he would have done what kings are supposed to do. Samson, he was born a deliverer. Right? He was supposed to be delivering the people of God from the Philistines. He was taking jawbones and whacking them and taking gates of, you know, doors of gates or walls and throwing them on them and killing them and delivering his people, right? One day... His vision changed. His clear mental picture that he had of being a deliverer changed to being a lover. He didn't see himself as a deliverer anymore. He saw himself as a lover. What happened? The race wasn't being running. He quit running the race that was set before him. He quit looking under the finished product and started looking outside the product outside the race and that's where we all get messed up because we forget we that's so far oh my back is already hurting you know i'm all 
But guess what? The last day of his life. Before the last day, he's pushing the mill wheel blind. They plucked out his eyes so he couldn't see. You know the story. He's pushing the mill wheel. And he sees himself as a deliverer again. He cries out, oh God. Some of us just may need to cry out, oh God. Let me do more in my last days than I have in my former. And with his last breath, he killed more Philistines than in his entire life. Your greatest day of destiny can be your last day on this planet. If you run the race set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author, and finisher of our faith. Amen. Church, let's learn. The next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the restraints that you're willingly putting yourself into. Willingly. See, it's different when you're, I was willing to be a Marine. I wanted to be a Marine, so I put myself willingly. I was not drafted. I willingly became a Marine and was willing to put myself under restraints so I could become. You'll hear that story next week about being, you know, doing what we need to do. We're going to talk about that. It's not law. It's not saying to be a good Christian, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. No. But for you to run the race set before you, there are things that you need to do. There are things you need to let go of, and there's some things you need to put on called restraints. I need to get rid of some deadheads. I need to get some stuff out of my fridge so I can make room for more of what God has for me. And I need to get some parameters. I may need to pray a certain hour every day to discipline, to bring your body into restraint. I may need to give a certain amount every paycheck to bring yourself into restraint. Keep your heart in line. Because God, it's instructions from God. I may need to tell somebody about what God's done for me. For me to have the victory that God wants you to have. The scripture says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. And if you're not speaking words, you're not overcoming. If you're not telling people your testimony, if you're not going out here in 30 minutes after you leave this place, you should have told two people how great the service was on Sunday. Wasn't a preacher though, the Holy Ghost. Oh man. And he got up, then the preacher stood up. No, just whatever you want to say it. I don't care how you say it. Just tell people. Tell somebody how God moved in your life. And you never know. That person may need to hear just that word. Well, this is, this is, this is one of the things I, we used to say a long time ago. People say, well, what if, it, what if it doesn't work? When's the last time you prayed for somebody that was sick? I mean, laid your hand on them. Laid your hand on them. The Bible says... Lay your hand on them. We're praying without laying our hand. Lay your hand on them and pray. Tell that body to line up in the name of Jesus. Rebuke the sickness. Don't ask God to come down if it be thy will. Yeah, it's his will. Of course it's his will. Paid for it at Calvary. Why wouldn't it be his will? Lay your hand on them and pray for them. Tell that body to line up to the kingdom of heaven on this earth. 
the sacrifice of Jesus with the authority God's given you. Man. Mm. Let's stand up. Let's sing this. I surrender all to you. I freely give. I will ever love and trust you. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. We acknowledge you in this place as the great teacher. I'm so thankful that you came to comfort us, to teach us. Thank you for the revelation of your word in our lives. I pray that this year we'll be able to cast off weight and bring on restraints. To quit walking in sin and walk because we're holy. May we begin to do on the outside because of what's transpired on the inside. Holy Spirit, you're the great teacher. We know so much. We understand so little. I thank you that you're teaching us 24-7. Every day. May we be sensitive to that. May we listen to what you're saying to us. We thank you for the revelation in your word. As it transforms our life and may we change the way the world sees God all God's people said Amen